are the Raters of Frames. I am Abe Epperson, and I'm joined by Michael Swain. We rate. We rate. You listen. Very apt. That's that's the. That's this is what's the process going on here. Today we look over uh, a micro-budget indie film, Patchwork from 2015. It's a story about three women who interact with a just a safari of like awful dudes. Yeah, yeah, it's are... a real cavalcade of horrible guys. <laughs> and then they're Frankenstein together one night. Uh, when they awake, they go on a rampage of murdering said dudes in the name of uh, finding the surgeon that did this to them. And we want to point out before we begin that this is a part of the Pick the Flick tier on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash smallbeans, which if you throw some scratch at that tier, like Wesley. Thank you, Wesley. Wesley. You, you can make us watch something we would not otherwise watch. Like, exactly. Like this. Yeah, we like to cover like, I don't know, Jurassic Park or, you know, Shawshank yeah, Redemption. So, <laughs> so instead, we're going to cover Patchwork, <laughs> super indie uh, 2015 movie. Yeah, and, uh, and we want to also shout out Holly, uh, Wesley's master. Hi, Holly. For making this happen, and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hope birth. you like the f- fucking podcast. We're glad you're here. All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's All right, so in. this movie has like reanimator vibes, right? Intentionally <laughs> so. I mean, the very first shot is a guy practicing his moves. Like, you know, the classic move. Yep. Hey, oh, it's good to see you here. Or like, how do you come here often? And you can tell he's just practicing. And it pulls back and he's practicing on a severed head, a very gorily presented severed head. Right. So you know what you're in for right away. It's like going to be over the top gore and offers that, like you said, like reanimator, don't care about science at all. In fact, it's just magic. One of the funniest jokes to me is the doctor who, Garrett, who repeatedly says, well, this is scientifically impossible that you're alive, so I don't know what to do now because this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, this is not possible, and no one tries to pretend that it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just magic. Uh, and it's, of course, a green, a light green fluid, a just green like the animator. Yeah. Um, one thing that I occurred to me is when I first saw this film, was, I was like, when I, I read the you know tagline, I was like, that's kind of cool, because Frankenstein is itself seen as like feminist lit, right? Mary Shelley had several miscarriages. If you haven't taken, you know, AP, AP Art uh, literature, yeah, yeah. and Quit some literary theory points out that Frankenstein's acts uh, as a form of like twisted motherhood, something she investigated with. Um, what was that damn character that? Uh, uh, that Do- oh, Doctor Frankenstein, Elizabeth, you think Elizabeth of? Frankenstein? Oh, okay. The one, the the one that uh that Carrie Ann Moss played in uh sure. in 2015, and then anyway, uh yeah. So there's but that's this- that is interesting. I never thought of that. Frankenstein as a metaphor for bringing something to life that shouldn't be alive. As, right. as a twisted form of motherhood, it reminds me of Pet Cemetery, right? Kind of the same theme as Pet Cemetery. Totally, and it's like it's gothic as fuck too, because she's just like Mary Shelley's just sitting there with like multiple miscarriages, and her reaction is like, is you know, fuck all this. I'm gonna invent the gothic novel." So pretty big cool. Ups big ups to Shell. Mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the kind of the opening scene. I wanted to point out. 
kind of like to me an out of place but kind of cool uh credits sequence that's like Saul Bass inspired if you're oh, not yeah. familiar with Saul Bass he was a famous like 1960s like movie intro animator and posters uh, and, and stuff if you saw there Catch was a, Me If You Can by yep. uh, Spielberg he, they kind of ape his style uh, and, uh, and they do most, that here most of the James Bonds of a certain era are Saul Bass mm. intros yeah uh, I also want to point out, which will probably be a treat maybe to uh, f- listeners who know about this film, uh, in said credits is, uh, I know my eyes perked up when I saw a costume designer, because the costume designer of this film is Dakota Keller, who we work with, we worked with several years ago a lot, like uh, Stumbling Dead, another zombie film. Oh, uh, Dakota worked. That uh, was, she worked. It's that me, Dakota with me. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're not alone. That was another yeah. Crack Studios project. She did a lot of a lot of honest ads as well. Um, so that's a deep cut. Pretty this cool. Is in huh? our sphere, yeah. Small world here in Hollywood. It is, and it's a smaller world still because this is a an independent low budget horror comedy and hey we so, made one of those yeah exactly so there's so a lot of kids this is our here. world baby I, yeah i feel a lot of a lot of um empathy for the people making this film i know mm. how hard it is on that budget i know that they have big dreams and big hopes and they want to make a killer movie and let's talk about it here it is they did it it's they amazing it. just to finish a movie that's of this level it's so hard man yeah everything's against you we talk about it all the time in several of our podcasts that it's like the thing with filmmaking, like most, I assume jobs, but definitely creative ones where you're making up dumb shit and then asking it to be reality. Yeah. You need an element of control that is so laser sharp. Um, and independent, independent films don't have that. Like they just don't have the money. They don't have the time or resources. They're always every, every Hollywood feature is against the clock. We talk about like water world and shit like that, where it's like they have $300 million, but it's still but like, think about it fucked. when you have $300,000. Yeah. It's exactly. a whole order of magnitude more difficult. It's just like you, you were calling in favors, uh, everyone's pretty good at their job, but not necessarily like they're trying to break in and they haven't learned all the tips and tricks yet. There's just a lot to navigate uh, and to come out with a film that is coherent, funny, charming, any of those. Your actors uh, are all 20 somethings because that's the age at which you're willing to do this kind of shit for free. <laughs> right. Exactly. I noticed the cast is always early 20s. Uh, yeah. Like ours um, was. I want to kind of go through the movie just because there's just little bits. People haven't seen it. People haven't seen it. I'll be honest. When I saw, heard the title, I thought it was going to be maybe like a touching romance in the European countryside. Then when I saw, then when I, exactly. Then when I saw the image and read the little description on Amazon, I was worried that it was going to be a uh, centipede thing, human centipede thing. Yeah. And we were going to get, and it's (laughs) not, it's not gory gross in that way. It's fun. Gross. Yeah. In fact, I think they shied away from it. I'm not a huge gore guy, but I thought that they, there was some, they, they showed that they were good enough at some of the blood effects that I was like, you should do more of this, but you know, independent features. There's many, many shots in this and it's a good cheap effect where someone swings something at someone off frame and then blood blows back onto their face. Cause baby, yeah, yeah. that's just spattering you with a paintbrush from off camera. You got that. I shot. noticed one yeah. of the one of the first images is yeah, like you mentioned the shot where he comes down with the needle. Um, 
it's funny because you can tell like some of the needle bleeds out and mm-hmm. shoots at camera, which wouldn't happen if you were stabbing someone with a needle and injecting right. them. It wouldn't splatter the camera, but they must have just liked it because they're like, ew. Um, but anyway, not to pick things apart. No, explain But also the movie. to pick things apart. Yeah. It's This movie's in parts, by the way. Part one. You know, because the bodies are parts and part mm-hmm. one is Jennifer. So we get introduced to the first one of the three. Um, and she's a bit bossy, logistically minded woman. Is She's having a birthday at a bar, but people aren't showing up because they suck. Uh, she's also having an affair with a dude who is just basically a walking Bluetooth. Um, and she's interrupted by one of the Weasleys who we know from her old life. I believe I believe it's Fred Weasley. Really? Actually. From Harry yeah. Potter. Holy shit. From from HP, one of the twins. He's the um, he's like top build in this movie or he should be. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's he's been in Harry Potter. He fucks. Um yeah, and he knows her from her college days and like we assume like a more wholesome part of her life but where she wasn't invaded by this like professionally minded coldness uh and he's and she like kind of bats him away um so we already have like a setup what is she she is she's turning into a bitch um and so we gotta correct that you said it not me i said it i know i guess sometimes i go that far (laughs) but she uh she's attached to her professional friends who don't really care or like for letting the dude um, that she's having the affair with totally blow her off and take advantage of her yeah so she's alone because no one comes to her birthday and she uh the one person wanted to connect with her she said no that makes her prime frankenstein fodder mikey uh so she gets slugged in the head and we get part two. well while she's waiting for the guy to come fuck her the uh, the right. dan the affair guy and he never comes yeah. or he would have found her blood and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah so she gets dragged off part two we wake up and immediately zero to a hundred you know we only got 90 minutes we're a small budget um, three women are patched together into a single body. And I do have to consider Jennifer the main character only because the effect was clearly done on her body. You know what I mean? Like she is yeah, physically... Yeah, she also plays the brumble. She, she plays the thing. She's the th- creature, yeah. yeah. Right, which is a tough thing to display, you know, using contacts, oh, yeah. using... Uh, it's a weird way to She has half brown hair and half blonde face, hair, but yeah. Uh, the human faces also, seemed into thirds in this. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the, well, she, yeah, now there's three voices in her head and she wakes in this like scientist dungeon slash lab. And I want to talk a little bit about, because you gave the stipulation, which I think is good. This is all fine. Uh, the, it's just magic, but I just, right. it's very unique in this type of tale because it means the scientists like mashed up the brains and made it work, which is like, that's amazing or there's some magical realism in terms of like memory and identity and thought is carried through just flesh and which is can also be weird. mushed together yeah yeah but yeah there's three people now vying for control of the body if, which gives if you're aware of the star trek voyager episode with the <laughs> borg unimatrix comprised of three individuals you basically yeah. get the gist they can hear that's each right. other's thoughts and uh, a move I did think was good because it's cheap and it's effective. We cut into a little room that represents their subconscious where we yeah. get all three actresses and they can talk to each other. Yeah, like a null space that represents the their brain, their brain the but also is the same location as like where 
uh, where the Frankenstein is right. So they just interacting. All you got to do is <clears throat> shut the set down, clean the set, throw them in there, mm-hmm. have them do that dialogue scene. Honestly, shooting wise, they probably do the dialogue scenes first, then yeah. do, then bloody up the set. Yeah, yeah very smart. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. If if I were doing it, I'd probably mix it up because sometimes you could. You'll find something in performance and then be like, oh, we should create a little beat for that. Yeah. Uh, because it's sometimes the note All right, for some Dr. of the recording Mendes. is, hey, man. Don't, direct, all, all don't redirect. Do, don't You put me a, in a cage, direct. man, yeah. and I'm a direct in, I'm a direct in that cage, That's baby. True. <laughs> uh, speaking of cages, she runs into a cat bird in a cage. Owl cat, uh, specifically. Owl cat. An owl cat. Uh, who gets a, a moment in the sun <laughs> at the end, which is probably well, the best joke in the movie. I mean, since we brought it up and we're jumping around, we can say it the best yep. joke in the movie hands down is when they finally confront the evil surgeon and the evil surgeon's plan to stop them is to free the owl cat and he says fly archimedes fly and the owl cat just flies out of the room and he just goes yeah. fuck yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny great. in the moment it's just funny an owl cat doing what we all know an owl cat would do fly away which is just get the fuck out of yeah. here fly archimedes um, so she basically escapes because the scientists uh, and his, you know, cronies are, fu- are terrible. Okay, they're like from a sketch, and that's an interesting that, aspect true. of this film. The scientists mm-hmm. themselves don't act like Reanimator. They don't act creepy. They don't even act funny. Creepy. They act funny. They act like they're in a sketch, and yeah. they're like two bumblefucks who shouldn't be doing this job. They've never successfully pulled this off. They're thrilled that this worked and they don't fully understand why it worked. And they're just like, it's hard to describe. The main dude has a very specific energy, which I call Mm -hmm. sketch energy. There was that group we used to fuck with sometimes called magic hugs. Their main dude reminds me of this dude. So if anyone knows magic hugs, you know what I mean? Well, actually, we can pull. There's a reason for all this, which is the director is Tyler McIntyre, mm-hmm. who has since worked on films like VHS 99. He did a segment in that, which is pretty cool. He also made recently It's a Wonderful cool. Knife. But oh, if gosh. you're a sketchhead, yeah. if you're a sketchhead, uh, you know I am. Back in the day, uh, if you recall a troop Sasquatch sketch comedy, that that's this crew. That's oh, this writing team. I stuff, don't so. know them. I so don't they're kind of like us, man. They're kind of yeah, like us. Kindred they, souls. Like 2009, 2010, getting in the comedy minds via sketch, internet sketch. And then expanding into horror videos. comedy. Yeah. And then horror comedy as like one of our first movies. Kind of strange. Pretty cool choice. Yep. Wesley and Holly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So where are we? Yeah, we talked about Catbird. Owlcat, yeah. She escapes Owlcat. Um, she's got no money, though, uh, and there's no, like... In fact, yeah, so in at, when she escapes, one of, like, the underlings is like, what the fuck? Does, does did someone it, get out? Did it work? Because the yeah. other inter- interpretation, which this gets a little spotty in Act 3, but they this doesn't work that well. They did not expect her to wake up. This is version 85 and all 84 basically have failed in other words that's the vibe we're supposed to be getting so that's why they have like lack security i guess but she just walks up to leave 
like as she's freaking out, leaves the building and runs, uh, gets into a taxi, which is another funny joke. I thought just the taxi guy's like, ah, oh, fuck, man, you, you're, are you high? Like, you like can't why do I have this, to deal with this you? person? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, get out of here. But uh, again, but magically, no one is scared yeah. of her and no one thinks that she, until she starts killing people, no one, yeah. no one goes like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay, miss? They all go, ah, oh, this crazy person is interacting yeah. with me. And you're like, she's not crazy. She's chopped up. Don't you see? Like, she that she's help. chopped up yeah. yeah and she has no money she has no property she just roams the la streets and we get kind of like a montage that like basically makes her look like an unhoused person so she becomes invisible to the you know la skyline to all the people at uh, around this time one of her fingers falls off and she staples it back on which is important because mm-hmm. this is how they realize they can't feel pain and not right. feeling pain is key to their rampage later right it's like their superpower um and this is because they go to Jennifer's house, who we've been introduced, uh, the backstory of. And the blood is still literally on the floor. Uh, she staples her hand back together, like you said. Uh, and she and uh, she gets she goes to her computer, gets fired from her soulless professional uh, affair dude. Yeah, the flame. He's both. He's firing her from her job and as his mistress simultaneously. Right. He's just the worst. And the uh, worst. just because she's been missing for like four days. So, um, right. uh, she also puts together, she's like, I know who I can go to. There's a creepy med student I know who's Fred Weasley. Uh, maybe we can go to him and he'd know what basically to do or like maybe he did this maybe he did it is the main which thing is she suspects funny him. because if you know someone in your life that you're like oh yeah they could cut up and frankenstein some bodies maybe it's you who should question your life choices <laughs> yeah that's just all i'm saying uh well and they realize yeah. that the thing they have in common is they were all at that bar last night they were all at the same bar and so clearly someone picked them or tracked them from that bar or removed yeah. them from that bar. Like that's why it's them versus anyone else. And then that's one of, they sort of sorry, get to I know. I just wanted oh, to ahead, point out one thing on that, just because I do, I would say that this is where the indiness does show itself. Like that is a beat that to me is a lot of time spent in the movie, having the characters figure out some pretty obvious shit. Like, we should just move on. Like, oh, we're a Frankenstein. Oh, there's multiple voices in this head. Oh, someone did this to us. Probably takes twice as long as I think the audience would get it. And I think that's a key thing to in- independent movies is that like the more you um, you got to play this delicate line of being like you got to dispense the information, but you also got to treat your audience's intelligence so they feel respected. And it's kind of hard to do if you don't, you can't just like make a prop or something like that. Yeah. A very simple kind of thing. Couldn't agree Um, more. My main issue with the script of this movie is that there's mm. too much dead air or filler. Um, Yeah. It's not what, so when we made Kill Me Now, we showed an edit to a big movie producer. You knew he was powerful because he came in in like pajamas, like a tracksuit. Everyone else Mm. is in nice suits and he just comes in in his underwear and is like, show me your movie. Um, Mm. And at the end, he said something that really was wise, which is it's not screwed together. It needs to be screwed together. And that means every single moment is fighting for its life. Every single moment bears some kind of load or means something. And uh, that's something this movie doesn't really do. So like in part one, the Jennifer part, it's a really good idea 
I get what you're trying to do where you have the friends say no and then she gets her pathetic little cake, but everyone's already gone. Um, but those things all could have happened more quickly and with less dialogue. And I think that would have made the scene stronger, but as an indie director, you're trying to fill time. You can barely get to 90 minutes based on the amount of money you have. So you let actors talk. Why not? You know, you could use the extra screen time, but, uh, yeah, if I have any problem with the script, it's that it's not really screwed together as they say. Yeah. 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 Another way that it was presented to me is I had a teacher in, um, college who said, like what editing is is every moment holding a gun up to every other moment saying <laughs> i deserve to live and you don't. Which I always yeah. like that yeah because you kind of have to do that like what which one of this array of like moments in a in a in a movie does the thing that i need to get to the next moment okay do that and nothing else you know like now you don't, you don't need, need any other versions. moments right yeah yeah and so do the clearest do the best one the funniest one whatever your priority is but one that gets it clearly done uh and don't do multiples you know uh, unlike tim robinson triples is not best um yeah okay Back to back to part two, AWOL. Uh, you were mentioning how the trio gets to know each other and they realize that they can send thoughts and feelings to each other. Uh, and they're all very different. Like Jennifer's all business and the other two are like warmer, more free-spirited at, at the front. Like that's how they're presented. Madeline is, Jennifer... uh, Madeline is shy and has confidence problems. Ellie, right, is, Ellie right. is really bubbly and a typical blonde stereotype. True, yeah. yeah. And... Another banger joke for me was the Jennifer's roommate. Just we never see her again. We didn't see her before. But while they're having a montage and they're getting dressed um, and they eventually find an invisible man reference where Mm -hmm. they look like the invisible man. That's the because they're trying to hide that they're hideous. They end up with Uh, a yeah. If you haven't seen invisible man, a trench coat plus gauze wrapped all around your face, dark glasses and a fedora. Yeah. Yeah. And but the Jennifer roommate bit, just a random phone call where she's just like. She's like, I have my fucking, like, I have a crazy fucking roommate. I hate it. I want to get out of here. I can't leave, though. I have such bad credit. I wish I could move, <laughs> yeah. but I can't. And that's just like a funny, like, And they oh. go, it's two. My credit is two. <laughs> yes, yes, it's possible. Your credit can go that low. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, just a random non-needed scene that there's several of that sure. speaks to what you were just saying, which is just filling the time with fun things. And since, like, Tarantino did in Pulp Fiction Royale with Cheese. I think independent features have been doing this and probably rightfully so. You need to, if you want to minimize like the uh, y- y- locations you have to go to and beats you have to do in your, you know, s- have them banter, script, have them shoot just have the them shit. Banter. Yeah. Shoot the shit. And we got to think, jokes, I think we got to thank Kevin Smith as well for making it. Kevin okay Smith, to do yeah, that. that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's just a whole movie of throwaways. Um, all right. Part three, Ellie. So we get to know this, the uh, one of the other two. And you mentioned Ellie's like kind of a socialite. She's pretty uh, and laid back. Bubbly. But, but her main problem is that she's just constantly surrounded by bitches. Um, and Ellie has equally vapid friends and acquaintances. Self-absorbed artists uh, is who we see. And um, and he sucks the most. It's all kind of the pretentious dude. Yeah. Yeah. The pretentious dude who's just kind of like demanding everyone's attention. And she clearly she's cruising. She wants she's DTF. She's down to clown. Yeah. She wants to get drunk, have a good time, have a good time, take a guy home. But she can only find creepy, horrible, pretentious men, basically. 
Yeah. As she gets um, drunker and drunker, which of course is not the best way to be. And she ends right. up, as you do when you take too many shots and you're that age, <laughs> back at a frat house. And her, because uh, she finds a guy she likes, but his buddies are trying to film them having sex, a real rock bottom moment. Because uh, that's what frats do. I mean, it's it's not what they don't do. It's not it's not what they don't and do. And the movie treats the it again. This part is very sketch like because they're sort of hidden there, but not hidden. She she notices, but the frat guy just keeps saying what a good guy he is, and they vouch for him like he's a total good guy. Doug yeah. is filming it, and other Doug is watching. Uh, it's right. very jokey. This is not the horror moment. This is the joke moment. Yeah, but. She runs away. She's like, I'm not feeling this. And they're like, baby, wait. But she leaves. And then we get a horror moment. She gets hit by a car. Um, kind of the instantaneous side scroller that you're used to. Yep. She gets hit Joe by Black. a van, actually, because it's the van. van. It's the yes, van the, the orderlies van. are in. Yeah, the white van. Part four, makeover. So the Frankenstein is now fully decked out in uh, like a disguise. And visits Jennifer's genuine friend from college, Fred Weasley. Uh, and she spills the beans and apparently uh, she's got a sweet tooth. Did you notice that little detail? I don't this? understand apparently. that. So I wanted to stop down and talk about that. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Frankenstein monster eats weird shit really sloppily, mm. which is a funny visual and I get it. But what? why though? Why? Why does being a Frankenstein idea... is like they have three different taste buds all vying for control? I think so. I think, yeah, they have three different taste buds and they are also in a like a broken organism somewhat. So yeah. like candy they're doing on top like of tortillas is fine. Spaghetti with chocolate sauce and shit like that. Yeah, I think that's just all it meant to convey. It's not like a very specific okay. thing, but it's a nice little touch just because, yeah, you want to show... It's like the fly. Brumblefly can do amazing. Uh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum can do crazy gymnastics, and you but know, he's got to eat boogers see. or whatever. But he's got to. He's got to. <laughs> he sometimes throws up boogers. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that. That's what I got from it. You know what I'm saying? This is the point where Garrett says it doesn't make medical or scientific sense that you're alive. That's his opinion as a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> they they I noticed they stiff him. They leave him with the check and wander off. And right. uh, now we take the turn into what I would call revenge fantasy. And that's actually mm -hmm. the offer that I thought was cool, because as I said, I was worried it would be human centipede and basically beating up on our women the whole time. And up till now, the women have been having a bad time. But this is where you start to see, oh, this is what this movie's going to be, is they get revenge one at a time on all the shitty dudes. All so the shitty dudes. They yeah. see Dan, the, you know, the affair dude. Illicit lover. With another woman at a motel. Uh, not Bluetooth his wife. Man. So this is his new mistress and they wait in his car. I don't know how they got into his car, but that's an old horror trope. They're waiting in his car when he gets in and they kill him and it's unclear how they kill him. They just kind of beat him. I think. Well, well, I don't know this one because we see over the top of the car and so it's obscured, but something pops like a melon. So yeah. she's pretty great at murder. She's Maybe she's super strong faces. for no yeah. reason. Yeah. For no reason. Well, I mean, it's that reanimator fluid, baby. Um, and at this point, for the second time, there seems to be something that they dropped that I... This bothered me, because this sometimes happened. It's almost like there was a cut scene. Uh, there seems to be, like, kind of a fourth voice in the room starting to develop. Mm. A demon voice comes out at times through oh, the yeah, women. Oh, yeah, through uh, especially I thought Ellie. they were going to do with... Yeah, I thought they were going to do... I think it's just... 
what it's supposed to be is just an affectation of Ellie. Ellie's just quirky and sometimes has a demon uh, voice has a demon voice but like i thought it was going to be like also there's the re what represents the reanimator fluid some desire to kill but as you'll find out they go a different way oh they're um, all in on murder immediately they're all fine with it they're all fine with it and that gets us to part five which is kind of the twist that we're talking about which is the madeline chapter the last one of the three and I think this is a legitimately a great maneuver by the movie uh, coming late in act two or like near midpoint. Um, she, we see her as a lonely woman. She's got kind of low self-esteem. She's shy, awkward with this dude who's once again a total dick. Uh, and she's being hit on by, you know, like he's like an Tom actor Blake. model. To, yeah. You're, it's <laughs> and, exactly like Tom Jane in Arrested Development. Yeah. I'm, I'm Tom, Tom Blake. Jane. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and there's a great banger line to me, which is do she, as they're leaving because she's like, let's just get out of here. Um, he goes, do you need? She goes, do you need to pay? Or and he's like, we'll be fine. <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. total, like he's stiff in the uh, establishment. And then twists. We cut to her in her kitchen. She opens her refrigerator. She's a serial killer, and she has the douchebag tied up. Reversal, good maneuver, I think. She's Madeline all, is she, fucked yeah. up. I mean, now as as the Frankenstein monster, she's taken part in a murder, but she's been doing murders this whole time. Yeah. So now the question becomes like, how much is this Frankenstein logic, or is this just all Madeline? Like, so now your brain is complete is getting something, whereas. Uh, like a big question in the middle of act two, whereas it could have just kept going as a revenge fantasy that succeeds or doesn't. You still have enough rails. Yeah, you uh, do. Like, but I prefer yeah. to think that Madeline is influencing the other two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they need a twist. Uh, this is just happens to be one that like resolves well. Um, but like, yeah, in the middle of your, you should have at some point at your act two, depending on the movie, it's almost usually like a midpoint. Or, or the midpoint is just the idea that there is a new kind of uh, question that arises in the audience. That wasn't, we that you weren't thinking about even before. Right? So, it's because usually new. act twos can be a slog if you don't have enough development with your main story. So, it's usually useful if you have a simplistic story to add, you know, a twist on top in, the mid of it. A twist. in the midpoint. Yeah. Exactly. And this leads us directly to part six, which is called rampage. Cause basically mm. they've decided it is okay to kill guys. We're going to go kill everyone now. <laughs> and they do. They, uh, who do they kill? Let's see. I, I logged it all. We just, yeah, we just go the useless artist, the, the useless dudes. artists. Do they kill? They kill all the frat house guys. Uh, killing the frat house guys is very funny. He keeps saying, but I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm such funny. a good guy. Um, uh, there's, you yeah, know, I thought chipper music the as they beat the shit out of this whole frat house. Yeah, very um, Kingsman. Uh, yeah, it is. You know? Low budget Kingsman. Yeah, I see that. And I thought it, they did a pretty good job. It's a, Basically, it's probably the coolest shot in the movie. It's the headphone oneer. She knocks on the door and they try to swat her away and then she puts her headphones in. We get the diegetic music of her headphones playing and then she just undoes these fools, beats the shit out of the And it's house. all one shot and it involves like breakaway tables and jumping through windows and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the shot where they blew their wad financially speaking. Yeah, a little bit. They had to really fuck up the space. Yeah. Uh, and she's like throwing knives, but she's also... 
I don't know. There's joy in watching her destroy these awful scumbags. My only problem is that, and once again, it's just an affect of the indie. I wish we saw it more. She should explode their faces right. with her hands. Like they should have joy in a way that is just like unrestrained. If you had more money, this is where the gore mean. would go. Yeah, this is where you really would push the gore. Because um, they but did gore, it. They, gore effects are tough, dude. There, yeah, I think it's just the sheer number would up the budget because, like, they could do it. The head stab, there's a head stab at one point. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's like it. The blood like explodes out of the brain, and it's and it's a well designed shot. So you kind of hide the fact that it's like um, uh, like a paper mache blood filled you know uh, prop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's where we're at. I I really like that this sequence more. Uh, mayhem, please. Yeah, um, and they fuck up the orderlies in the van. So we've met these and talk about Kevin Smith. There's mm-hmm. these two orderlies who get body parts for the surgeon, and they are just constantly shooting the shit and bantering. They're like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It's all right, they this do is, is the royale with cheese. It they is literally talk they talk about a burger, literally a chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. Well, yeah, sorry, that's yeah. right. Let, yeah. your, let yourself enjoy that chicken sandwich. Be free. Who who hurt you? It's also big Lebowski vibes because like the point of the conversation is just they're talking about sauces. Yeah, and it's base. He basically has a line at one point that isn't this, but it's basically a paraphrase. Like it really tied the room together. You know, like yeah. it, talking about the sauces, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is just basically big Lebowski. And but the point you know, is, they rampage over these guys too. Yeah, they get rampaged. Uh, yeah, she she beats the shit out of them till they tase uh, her, and she has to flee. Also, one of my favorite moments is that what the, uh, the driver dude mm-hmm. he gets out of the car, and she's already pulled the passenger scientist out of the van, and is just going to town on his head with a brick. Mm-hmm. And so he wheels around the front of the car and this horrible scene sees her going to town and like a a demon, she looks at him and his reaction is immediately just to be calm. Like he's like, whoa, whoa, we're just at work here. Like it's we're just doing our job. Yeah, we're just so funny because it's like, no, dude, that. Your buddy, he's over. Like it's he's beyond done. that like, point. Yeah. First off, no we. There's no more we in this situation. <laughs> Second off, you're not justifying to this clearly mad person. Just be chill, baby. Be chill. Uh, so that was pretty hilarious to me. Is that they kind of yada yada. He, mm-hmm. he's, the scientists are bad. All the dudes are pretty bad. Except they're either Garrett. selfish and they're horrible, or they're just dum dums. Except um, Harry Potter boy. Except Harry Potter, who's the the perfect the perfect boy, which is why um, she goes to see him for help now. Hell yeah, um, yeah, and she also grabs a file from the van. I mean, I assume the hope that she'll get more information about On the who original did this surgeon, to her. right? And she returns to Fred Weasley to help her kind of suss this out because he knows med stuff because he's a med student and all that. Um, and she also, ju- and then we get this awkward, you know, like dating scene, like a meet cute. Meet cute. She judges his video game a session, but then like the other voices in her head are like, "Oh no, he's cute. He's fine." You know, like so she's got mo- that. Jennifer. Voices, Jennifer thinks cool. he's a nerd and a loser, but the other two girls think he's nice though. We like him. Yeah, he's him. nice though. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Um, so he's two thirds he, succeeding with this woman. And I thought it was kind of nice that like she from her previous battles has now like 
is lo- losing and like she lost her arm or didn't lose her arm, but her arm detached and stuff like that, which happens several times. He's literally stitching her up. So that's like mm-hmm. a clear indication of like, I'm cool with all this, you know, or I can. Although he does this. politely suggest that she stop her rampage. Maybe you should stop <laughs> the rampage. That is one of the most unhinged lines in the whole yeah. movie. Fred Weasley says, you should tone down the rampage. I'd hate to see you hurt. Because <laughs> that's why <laughs> she's already undead. Not, Jesus. Yeah, she's undead. She's murdering civilians. And your worry is, oh, but I don't want you to get hurt. It's just just a movie full of monsters, yeah. basically. Every person, including Fred Weasley. Including Garrett. Um, He's just a different kind of monster. Yeah. Um, but we get that kind of date scene. They bones, like don't they? She kind of gets, yeah, yeah. She, we have an awkward kiss, some disgusting slow mo kisses, and then they fuck, and she is rough. aggressive. And she he's dobs him, it. and he likes yeah. it. Yeah, and she lo- she loses her hand during the sex scene. Uh, so after, and then then I thought there was this little moment, a tender little moment after the hardcore fucking, which is that uh, she we kind of push on. Uh, Weasley and see like oh he just wants to cuddle kind of thing but mm-hmm. then we pull back and they did a they do a little um si do with the actor so that um it's no longer the Frankenstein it's just Jennifer with no scars right. what do you think that telegraphs oh that Jennifer of course but also because she's the one that shot him down the first time she's the one that says he's a loser and a nerd obviously they're gonna fall in love that's how you do a will they won't they right it's funny that this movie Clark Gable was doing this shit like it happened one night has the exact same structure of this romance as this does yeah, the, the question I guess I'm alluding to or I'm wondering for myself is the movie is doing so much work for uh, you to be like, okay, they are an amalgam mm-hmm. and their past is over and they have to get over it. And in this moment, they're like, there is a single identity that took over. That is dominant I guess it, in this moment. Yeah. In a way, it might be seen as it's the final death. It's the final scene of Jennifer. Um, anything, anything after that? Yes, she has a voice, but there's her actions aren't the one actions that really, um, like it's not like Jennifer is running the show. It's it's yeah, but I also there's think no singling out after this. And there's the idea that having sex with all three of them would have been creepy, like if they were all experiencing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah so and so they're kind of just avoiding. He's a good boy, so we keep it clean. Right, even even after sex, it's like let's not have a scene where they all three talk about it. Although that might be hilarious, uh, dude. That that, kind that of scene like, totally could have been in here. They just chose not to do it, and I see why. Right. But I could I, I could have written that scene in a way that was funny and tactful. Oh, hire yeah. me, hire me, baby. Um, so in the morning, she wakes up and she sees uh, Weasley burning the file she found yep. because again thinks that she's going to get hurt if she knows the address of the place she will go on a rampage and I don't want and you to do that and he wants her to not rampage that's his stance yeah. he says simple, it doesn't it doesn't matter who did this to you this is who you are now like we can be together don't rampage give up on your quest <laughs> don't, don't rage baby uh, and yeah uh, she does not do that in fact she is going to rage moment, even harder 
with the dramatic irony going on, they're like, well, maybe he's right. And maybe we don't like this is what it is now. And we don't need to be we're not the revenge types. It's not going to help, you know, common revenge trope and storytelling. Yeah. But Madeline is like, no, it will be perfect. We'll kill them all. Uh, and we need to kill these scientists. They deserve it. And then kind of convinces the the hive mind to be like, no, we're going. We're 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 not listening to Weasley, and that's where we get part seven, which is Madeline two, because uh, we're gonna get a reveal here of more detail about how twisted Madeline. Madeline is. brings all the twists essentially. Yep. Because yeah. it turns out she's requested and paid for this. So you've been working under the assumption that these scientists are like this gritty startup and are doing unconscionable things Black to market women surgery. Yeah. in order to do this. Because that's in tone with the movie so far. The movie has been saying men They're are just kind creeps. of awful. They're creeps. Yeah. Uh, and they reveal that, it no, it's actually a self-sabotage. It's actually uh, a plastic surgery office. And Madeline yep. came in and said... I want to be perfect. And they're like, well, we could do this weird thing where we mash you up with two other women. And she was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Extreme plastic surgery will fix me because she is pretty fucked up. Um, not saying that people who want plastic surgery of any kind, but she clearly is on the, uh, the farthest end of the Especially because the actor is gorgeous and that she, you know, she has this yeah. weird complex where she thinks she's ugly, but yeah. she supplies her own donors. So it was literally her who knocked Jennifer out. It was her right. driving the van that hit Ellie, etc. Yeah. And we get it these kind her. of retroactive, like, ah, so it wasn't what we thought. I mean, it is because there is still a surgeon who is more or less a modern Frankenstein. So he's, he, you know, he's pretty fucked up. These people, the, the, you know, kind of orderlies that are running around helping don't seem to want to stop her. Maybe they're terrified, but they seem like, oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to, you want to get your own parts, you want to do your own murders. We don't typically murder. We scavenge for body parts, which I think is hilarious. Where are they finding these body parts? I guess morgues or whatnot. But, uh, she's like, no, no, I'm gonna, I want to choose live. Well, also point uh, of order. How did mm -hmm. Ellie and Jennifer not figure out the twist, given that they all psychically share minds now? I guess that she, uh, Madeline <laughs> is good at hiding it. I guess. Um, yeah, I'll give it to him. Okay, so Madeline but, uh, was I'll give it to him, but that, that is so. one that I would, yeah, I would almost request like an explanation or something like that. Like yep. she's good at hiding if it. If I were making um, this movie, I would have one line in there that explains how she did that, but which is fine. I'm nitpicking. Which is funny because we don't, on frame rate, we don't typically do that, but I guess it's because when it's an indie feature and you're like, Oh, I could I, I could do this, you know, like just give me some time and this could happen. Oh, you're saying uh, which is what we're I'm, doing. I'm we, giving them more suggestions than I would give. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I do it, yeah. too. I'm also doing it. I'm looking for flaws because I think it's just how our brain works. You know, we're, we're yeah. looking at our peers uh, and these would be totally different movies. Obviously, this is it's made by one person or another. It almost doesn't bear kind of suggestion, but at the same time, we can't help ourselves because right. it's like so easily attainable and they're doing a good job. You know, like they're, they're, it's so close to the, you know, what we all want to consider the quote real thing. I'm, I don't know Tyler McIntyre, but I assume I've been in his situation so often as a director that I'm like, you're always unhappy with your work a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're always kind of like, this should be, you know, like, top tier stuff. I need a better lens. I need a better lighting rig or something like that in order to make this shot work. Or I just need more time to get this shot work. Time is the um, big one. Yeah. Time is really the big thing because time can solve all problems. 
um, really, if you think about oh, it. Oh, if you can uh, just wait until you die, all your problems yeah. are solved. Yeah, if you, uh, yeah, or you'll just be turned into a Frankenstein. Yeah. That also can be solved by time. Um, but yeah, where were we? Part eight, it I was, think. Yeah, I think part eight. Which uh, is interesting oh, I, that there's eight parts because in a classic movie structure, there are eight steps. So I really feel like they literally did like the save the cat one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or if people are familiar Kinda, with the yeah. Dan Harmon story circle, they literally, they point to their eight steps. So we're on the final step, step eight, the movie's wrapping up now. Miscreations. I want to point out uh, one thing, which is that the surgery itself is uh, completely unhinged. Like when we cut to this, you know, star pupil, this guy, this, you know, young jump, uh, upstart young upstart uh scientist reanimator guy yeah yeah he is like not even arguably a genius he obviously can no. bring, raise the dead right. but the process itself is him with a table saw cutting up parts while he smokes yeah and then <laughs> and stapling just... them together and then shooting it up with green goo so really it's the goo like that's the it's only the that's the whatever only science happened... here whatever that goo yeah. is it makes it work I, uh... I also love that he rummages through body parts like in trash bins, like no apparent organization like this. This surgeon has no skills apart from whatever he can do. He can generate this goo and that shit is next. Level. Well, there's a line in the previous part. What's your success rate with these surgeries? I don't like to keep score. I'll tell you, I've learned a lot about what not to do. <laughs> yeah. So he's great. really just bumble fucking around and using this goo yeah, he yeah, found. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. So yeah, part eight, she, Returns to the lab now knowing the address from the file that was almost burned. And the surgeon is happy to see her, as soon, which I thought was a delight. He's like, yeah. He <laughs> says, like, you're back. you got to understand, this has never worked before, so I am over the moon right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. Uh, and he also lets slip casually because he doesn't understand quite what's going on in their brain, I don't think, because he just calls her Madeline. Yeah, uh, and he kind of lets slip, and they the other two figure out finally. Uh, the other shoe falls. The Madeline's the traitor. She's the traitor. She paid for this, and she murdered the other two. Yeah. Um, and Madeline's argument is that the th that we're all broken. Uh, I watched you from afar, and I know myself. We're all kind of broken, but the three of us together are perfect. We you solve each other's sandwiches. So when the other two refuse to play the game. And they're like, no, we want out. You're, we're gonna like excise you from the trio, kind of thing, in by whatever means necessary. Like you're fucked up. You fucked us. And Madeline is like, well, I'll cut your pieces out. Uh, so it just becomes a funny little scene where they're the body is each other. fighting itself and ripping its own right. pieces off. And it physically, yeah. when we cut back to reality, out of that null space of the mind, uh, she's we get an Evil Dead esque attacking yourself sequence, where like an arm is turning against you. Uh, she takes out her eye, which is pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. uh, she almost drinks poison, which I thought I love Ellie because Ellie was like, "I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill us all." Down. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. She's yeah, she she's got eye on the prize, dude. But then the doctor says, "No, no, no, no. This is uh, this is too much. This is too much." We get the owl, owl cat, owl cat joke. And, yes, and then we get also. He wakes his zombie drone army, which I kind of want to talk because about. Because I thought bit. he had a terrible success rate, but then all yeah, of a sudden he has a worked. whole zombie army. I do recognize that, and I, so it sounds like you're with me. I do recognize that uh, they're two different 
like the zombies are like drones that like Frankenstein is a living thing with a soul. And he has like a remote that makes them act and stuff like that. So like, it's a different beast. So like I can give, I could totally just like say that's fine. And he's, this is 2.0 and he's happy about that. But it's just like, it's weird to me that they do no explanation. Given his total incompetence, the entire film, even just a shot of prototypes and like just props, you know, like that could do so much damage here. Uh, And they just kind of yada yada through it. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a sketchy offer. It's funny. You know, the idea is just like a doctor has like four zombie drones just on the table Mm -hmm. that will, you know, do his bidding and they do. Um, And she gets tied up and secured to a chair. But meanwhile, what Weasley, uh, breaks his hand to get out of the cuffs, like real Gerald game style. Mm-hmm. He sees it on. He sees, he it on sees TV. Tom Blake do it on TV. Yeah, right. Yeah, tying the it actor, all together, which I think is pretty funny because it's like the it's easiest just meta. thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. He's like, and then you just slip out, baby. <laughs> it's perfect. And then he does it, and it you can hear a bone crack, but it seems like it doesn't really affect his life because no. he, in like. 20 minutes he's just in a casual dialogue scene with the doctor um doctor doctor reveals that his plan is to take her apart and even though she worked he's yes. going to ruin her again because he wants to learn how that one worked so he can make dozens more so he's mm-hmm. going to destroy the frankenstein that so, makes sense so to now me. they're threatened uh, and that's when Weasley arrives, he shows up cause he also knows the address and he's just promptly knocked out, uh, by the surgeon mm-hmm. with a gun, with a gun. The surgeon has a <laughs> uh, gun, but this crucial amount of time where he has to, you know, steal away from the lab is, uh, important because, uh, our Frankenstein frees herself from the doctor's chair and just starts sawing up the zombie thugs. And this is another montage of joy, I would say, mm-hmm. where it's just like some of the best, um, blood effects in the whole thing i mean it's your big finale and that's why they included the zombie beats is they're like i feel like we should just have body parts but since we have so few characters we can't really just like disposably early in in act three get rid of um get rid of the surgeon or anything but you could have probably taken out some of those uh the scientist lackeys but then you have the bigger question of is that moral you know zombies it's pretty cut and dry Fuck, fuck zombies. Uh, so I see why they. Another did it. big laugh line for me is when he's dragging the unconscious Garrett around, the surgeon, and he says, mm. "I can't, t- I can't wait to take the spine out of you, make a short person <laughs> very tall." Yeah, that <laughs> that's what good. he's gonna do with his. Yeah, spine. he's just thinking <laughs> about what he's gonna do with spine. <laughs> make a short yeah. person very tall. Uh, I, and then, and then there's another like geography thing that irked me, which is that. He dra- he drags him away off screen from like the f- the and then they're all together the building. again. And then Weasley's just and then yeah, Weasley's just there on the ground, uh, yeah. and she's like, "Oh shit, Garrett, what's up?" Uh, after she's destroyed all the zombies, and it's like and I it's thought he like, dragged him away. The- where is he? Yeah, yeah, where is the surgeon now? Um, but then we get an interaction where uh, the doctor comes back and shoots Weasley, so he's super unhelpful. Uh, I mean, he's, he, you know, he can definitely fuck. So that's cool. He can play Castlevania pretty he good. He gets knocked out immediately and then shot. Like, and he's he just says, a liability and here. he says, this really wasn't worth it. Yeah. I love that line because it's true of his character. His character is like, I don't even I like you I shouldn't have anymore. done all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of 
that's a sad story to be honest because of how it resolves uh but the ladies have more interaction inside their brain where they're kind of discussing like all right this needs to end now we can't fight over this body you know what? We're going to have a majority vote right now. We're drilling Madeline from their brain. They're going to lobotomize themselves with a drill, mm. hoping that they kill the Madeline part. It's and pretty they fucked do. up. They do. It works. And they do. It works. They drill themselves oh, which, in the head. Oh, and this is the this is the point where Doctor summons Owlcat. My bad. His, I thought yeah, it was it's his last army. his last ditch effort yeah. to stop them Best is joke. release the owl cat yeah and then so when that happens she's just like now she's in control she has him tied up uh but she's worried about weasley um you know who's dying on who, who's actually dead i think we actually see a shot where he's like motionless um and then it's kind of so we get the feeling that everything's wrapped up like there's no more story here because everyone's you know basically taken care of but what are we going to do with the surgeon well, you probably guessed it. We jump to, we do an ellipse. The final scene in the movie is uh, uh, Garrett wakes up and he's a Frankenstein, perhaps mended with the parts of the surgeon. So uh, now they know. can be together. Which is hilarious ending to me because functionally Two Frankensteins and it all makes sense. You know, we're actually going to have that. I saw it coming. The new Diablo Cody movie is yeah. the is a Frankenstein. Oh, Lisa Frankenstein. Fo- yeah. Lisa Frankenstein. So it's, it's very similar to that. In fact, who knows? Maybe that movie will end with double Frankenstein. It's pretty good, uh, you know, place to go. But it also begs a lot of questions about like, poor, first off, poor Garrett. Uh, he's trying to be nice the whole time. He just died. Also, the big question to me is that like he is Frankenstein in the same way, like cut down the middle and to the right. side of the cheeks so it's almost so like who are the a, other people that are in him is that what you're saying you might yeah my question is did he need that like couldn't they that just wasn't revive the part that him was broken. yeah he was a frankenstein it, yeah but i guess that's not how it works i guess you need to do the frankenstein or that part surgeon that serum. surgeon is dumb enough that he's like the only way i've done this that it worked was this way so i'm just gonna replicate that's also that true. way i mean that yeah uh it just it's, it feels like it feels like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater uh, by cutting up the face there. Feels like you're chopping the baby the up with the bathwater, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end a movie, That's patchwork. Baby. Two Frankensteins that's patchwork. in love. Yep. Wow. Ends. Wild it's, ride. What a wild, wild ride. And I appreciate having movie. seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. It took me it's, back to shoot and kill me now. It really did make me feel It really feel did. The There's some that. joy in this level of micro-budget. Where it's like you can, you're also your own studio somewhat. I mean, you're vying, you're hoping that someone will come in and distribute your film. But my guess is the production companies, you know, were not, didn't, weren't breaking the bank. Um, and you're trying to get this thing made. Uh, but you don't have a brain trust that says you can't have that scene or we don't like that scene. So it's just raw Authentic ambition. and raw. And there and is if you're listening to this pod, there. if you're someone listening to this podcast wondering if you should go watch the movie, even I would say like, I mean, if you're not busy, sure. But it's not, <laughs> you know, because it's an experiment. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this was a sweeping tour de force. No, it's indie. It's thoroughly indie. And if you like it's, indie yeah. shit because you love that filmmaking spirit, you'll like it. If you like polished stuff, go see uh, It's a Wonderful Knife because that's these people with more polish, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, it's also, there's a Venn diagram of people who, and I assume Holly is one of these people where it's just like, this is the reanimator vibes, uh, the kind of feminist critique and, you know, just scenes where it's just like, ah, these guys suck is a lot of fun. You know, like there's an interaction just with any movie where it's like you're, especially in comedy where you're almost always just putting two elements together and saying like, what if these two things at once, uh, to make the comedy, if you like those two things, like you're going to have a great time. So if that's, you're into the, you know, kind of slapstick horror and you're into kind of, um, you know, these scenes where, you know, just taking out this litany of dudes. Um, you're going to have a good time. Well said. That's all. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. And we, for a movie that's only 40 minutes longer than this is, I think we covered it well. I think we covered it well. You know what? We don't have to become a Frankenstein's monster. We already are one. Oh, you, me, and Adam? Brain. We could do it, dude. Oh, oh yeah, we could get a threesome going. Yeah. Let's have a threesome. Let's me, you, and Adam. a Frankenstein threesome. Well, you said yeah, that yeah. in a weird way, but okay. Mm-hmm. As I long said as. It in the right all way. right. Well, we'll work this out off mic. Yep. And, yeah, then, we and then we'll get on mic. Oh, yeah. And then we'll get on. Yeah. This, ch- oh, this boy. is not a podcast. This is something else, baby. Anyway. Thank you again. Thank you for the pick flicking. Thank you for the. Wesley and holly and uh you t- and you can be like them too it's a very uh you know like the the pick the flick tier it, it's tough to get we all understand the problem but we can't ju- really justify doing all these podcasts we do and more than one a month so s- there is a backlog and we understand that like just bear with us we'll get back on time um, we will flick yeah. your pick it just takes we will time. flick your pick for sure uh and yeah it's just a fun way to get involved with the community uh, I know that yeah. a lot of people like these uh, these the weird types of ones. podcasts, so yeah. we're going to do more of them. And we're also going to do, I mean, this is coming out on Patreon on the 22nd um, of January 2024. What else do we got coming up? Oh, we got another one-upsmanship on Mass Effect 2, baby. We got another frame rate. Uh, we're covering Dead End Drive-In. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. We got more st- uh, Star Trek Next Futurama coming out that in the next week. And the return at some point in the next two to three weeks of Director Peace Theater Woo! and Inside Dads. Um, that All that and more if you come to the patreon.com slash small beans. You don't get all that content. Not necessarily all those shows if you're stuck on the free feed. So swing on by. Have a good time. We like to we like to joke here. Um, what else? <laughs> well anything? said. Anything? Um, you can hit up the shop at patreon.com slash smallbeans slash shop. Yeah. The only thing right there is there right now is my novel, but soon there will be a rap album and a comic book as well. So And you're also working out. on the audiobook, right? And I'm working on the audiobook Slowly. version, which people will probably prefer. I'll probably sell more audiobooks than I did the physical copies, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking to you off mic, and it was like, yeah, yeah, it's just a very slow process because you have Incredibly to get it right, slow. yeah, and you want it to be right, and it's a lot of words. It's a book, so like, yeah, bear with it'll be Michael like as he an eight or nine hour it. thing when it's done. But so, I yeah. am really looking forward to that because not only are we one of the best thinkers and the best writers, you're also a pretty good talker. Thanks, dude. Um, so that will be a. And then uh, you don't have to read effort. it. I know listening's easier than reading, so it is. It's a nice My way eyes to get, get all. It. Even though I read from screens all day, for some reason my eyes still get tired in a book, Aww. which is terrible. Poor guy. Yeah. 
Poor, fuck poor off. Lady. Read my book. Yeah, fuck off. Read books. All right. Here. We're out. Read books, motherfucker. We're out. <laughs>